episode 5 of Blue Blood TV. My name is Hassan Pinto, and I'm in the house with Cambria Haro and Natalie Bodie. What's up, ladies? What's up? What's How's up? it going? So how was your weekend, Natalie? What was it? Is it your special day? Well, it was my 20th birthday. Thank you for asking. I said Two this last zero. year. I said this last year that I had the best birthday of my life, but I'm going to be honest with you, this weekend topped it. My best friend surprised me and flew in from Texas. So. Texas. Yeah, that was that was spectacular. All right, all right, all right. But more importantly, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. For those yeah. of you who don't know, we are recording this on the 13th, February, a Wednesday. So, Hoss, what do you have going on? We know you have with me, Cambria. We're, we're single over here. We don't have much to say about this, but why don't you just go ahead and fill us in and let us enjoy through you. So, as an experienced male, okay. Okay. Valentine's Day. How long have you been married, by the way? I've been married for 26 years. Oh, wow. Right. I've been dating my wife since she was 18 years old. Oh, so I'm North Carolina, you guys. Yes. Thank you. So I know all the tricks, the inside and out tricks to this. So, first of all, take notes. Get on Flowers, guys. Flowers. Make sure your girlfriend, wife has flowers where her friends can see them. So, my flowers are going to my wife's office. Wow. And you know what that's called? Hashtag mood. Set the mood. Oh my god. And for all the fellas, it's not about the flowers. It's about how the flowers make her feel and how her friends feel about her flowers. So that's what we're going to start it off. And then when she comes home from work, we're going to go to her favorite restaurant in downtown Durham, which is Viceroy. And uh, we're going to head out to Viceroy. And our social life is not lacking, but it'll just be another day in the life of that Pinto life with a little dancing, hanging out. Does she know that this is going on? She will know, because by the time this hits the air, it'll be Valentine's Day. But is this like a surprise right now that it's happening? No, she she she, expect, she has certain expectations, you know. She has certain okay. expectations, and you know, I'm gonna meet and exceed all of them. Do you have reservations at that restaurant? Yes, because I okay. know the owner. All right, well, that's see, that's great. I'm my gonna have my calls, own table. My dad calls Valentine's Day amateur night for restaurants because nothing is available. But if you guys wanted to know, just a little fun fact before we get started. Waffle House takes reservations one time a year. That's one out of 365, and that's on Valentine's Day. So if you don't have plans. Waffle House has plans for you. Wait, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> so if you missed that, go ahead and play it back. And I just want to inform the general Waffle public. House. Waffle House. Is that a popular spot for Valentine's Day? It, not traditionally, no. Okay. Uh, I don't right. understand. What, what do you guys do? Like, uh, what do you guys do on Valentine's Day? Is that like a... I have a test Friday at 10 a.m. What about you? So you get a Valentine? I kind of do. Back uh, in Pennsylvania, ah. I with a box of donuts. Wow, what's that like? Oh. Yeah, what's that like? <laughs> Does he play b-ball? He plays basketball at Lehigh. All right, yeah. all right. I, I got recruited at Lehigh. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It's in the, it's it's in like Eastern Pennsylvania, right? I believe so. All right. a little town called Little Town. town. Yes. All right. So we're gonna kick off this show. We're gonna talk about. The Carolina and Duke games this weekend, they respectively played UVA, Miami, and Louisville. We're going to break it down. Natalie's going to break up, break down the UNC portion. Cambria's going to break down the Duke portion. And then we're going to talk about star power. Star power was all over the place this weekend. Are you guys ready to get into it? Let's go. Natalie, we're going to start with you. Give us your thoughts on both UNC games this weekend. All right, so I'll go ahead and start, you know, chronologically with Miami. Um, 
You know, it was a good win. 88-85 OT. I liked what I saw. I liked the grittiness. I think we needed one of those. Um, I, I think we, bottom line, we hit we hit big shots when we needed to. I mean, you saw Luke May uh, force us into overtime. You saw Kobe White with, you know, six threes alone in one half. And, and he he is being, I mean, I can't even say he's fulfilling his potential. I don't really know if people expected him to do this well. Uh, right off the bat, but he's he's given us a lot of energy. And also, let's talk about Miami's uh, uh, Chris likes I like he's Chris I, I, likes. Am I saying that right? Five I like, seven. Okay. I like him. L Y K. Yes, he's five seven. And five he gave seven. Us a run for our money. It was I was embarrassed for Nasir Little when I saw Chris likes hit a three over a guy who's nearly a foot taller than him. Can we talk <laughs> about that? But I mean, hey, it was a, it was a good game. Um, you know. You see UNC become nine and one under Roy Williams and ACC play for the first time, uh, you know. And I always love to see to see Luke step up. So, so I enjoyed that. And and from that game, you don't I don't know if you learn a whole lot from a close game that shouldn't have been that close. But you know there were some bright spots. And then as far as the Virginia game goes, UVA. I will say the only thing that bothers me about this is that Duke has beaten Virginia. And and we have it now, and nice. exactly. And so you you want to immediately off the bat, you want to draw some some comparisons there, and think, oh well, okay, Duke's a superior team. They're gonna and UNC's gonna have a hard time against Duke. But then if you really look at what happened mm-hmm. in that game, UNC had a lower than average shooting percentage for their season. Virginia had a much higher than average shooting percentage for their season. You see us lose Nasir a little early. Leaky blacks out. I mean. You don't if, – if there are two very good teams and one of the teams is shooting very poorly, the other is shooting very well, and then the other team has key players out, I don't really think you look at the Virginia game and you get super worried. Okay, so let me ask a question, Natalie. How does Luke May go from scoring 32 points, being named ACC Player of the Week, and then scoring four points against UVA with 36 minutes on the court? The court? How does it happen? I mean, that's what we've talked. We talked about that throughout this podcast. And again, it's it's different people stepping up for UNC every night. You could say there's diversity in our firepower, you know, beyond the arc or, or whatever. Even with with Luke May, he steps up when he needs to. However, I would love to see him consistently step up on. You but know, he, this was a top ten team. You know, uh, Cambria said last week Luke plays better against top ten teams. But what happened to him? Like, he didn't step up. His If he scores 14, 15 points, where, we win that game. Okay? We needed Luke to play well. What do you think about that, Cambria? Yeah, I agree. Luke needed to step up, and he just did. I can't explain for what happened with his, with his mentality, but all I can think of is maybe he just lost confidence and just didn't feel he almost shot. He almost – and here's the thing. I mean, Kobe went 6 for 19. Luke went 2 for 10. We were shooting poorly. I kind of think he's a momentum guy. I think he can step up in in the big moments when the momentum's there. But I think as a team, it just it wasn't firing on all cylinders. Here's here's what I think. I think Luke is being asked to play a position down low in the paint, and he's too small and too slow. Okay? That's what I think. And that's certainly a viewpoint as well. (laughs) That's what I think. I think Roy is playing Luke outside his lane, and Luke is being asked to do things that he cannot do against long bigs that you have against UVA. So the good Luke, bad Luke phenomenon, is that a problem for UNC 
in going down the stretch. And I want to hear from Cambria. What do you think? 100%. I think every single one of your teammates have to contribute. And especially with a team like UNC where they don't really have a star power like Duke. They have more of a depth team, which is fu- which is perfectly fine. We've talked about that. But if Luke can't step up his game being a starter and being one of the better, definitely one of the better scorers on the team, it's just, it, it, won't, it won't cut it. It really won't. All right. Well, I mean, what do you think? What do you think? Well, here's a point I want to make, and this is this is what I think is the biggest asset to the 2018-2019 UNC squad is Kobe White, and that's not a hot take. That's something. Oh, you sounded like me now, Kobe. Okay. That's my guy. All that's right. my guy. All right. I am being I'm being more and more convinced just because he's done at this point in time. He's done something unprecedented for a UNC freshman. And that's score 33 twice in a season, and we're not even, I mean, this is February basketball. We're heating up. Okay, you're, you're he's James, holding a finger at me. James Worthy he's did not do finger. this. Michael Jordan did not okay, do this. Okay, but you're comparing two different coaches. Roy Williams is a big, he loves point guards that can score. If you go back to Dean Smith, they had the four corners, and they weren't able to really, you know, penetrate as much as they could have. And I think Michael Jordan could have done the same exact thing, and same with James Ward. A different system. That's a good point. But all I'm saying here, okay, everyone calm down. No, calm down. No, calm down. I said it wasn't a hot take, and then it all of a sudden became a hot take. But <laughs> what I'm saying here is. Kobe White is is doing things that no one else has done before at the point guard position for UNC. I think he's the biggest thing we have going for us right now. Absolutely. I think if he can play well, maybe it doesn't really matter what Luke May is doing because he's a leader regardless. And also, I don't think anyone suspected that Kobe White would be out playing this year little at this point in the season. But no guess one. what? He yeah. is. And let's not forget about Cam Johnson. He did go out of the game at some point during, uh, some point towards the end. And I think he, they went on a long run, and we just couldn't score. And that's that's also saying something about how much this team needs Cam Johnson. Okay, let's let's talk about Kenny. And I've said this before. What is Kenny doing? Like, is Kenny worth his minutes? I mean, that's kind of another situation where you said, you know, we we talk about how Luke Van isn't making the most of his minutes, yet he's still getting on the floor, maybe not in his traditional role. I think that's that's Coach Williams wanting his his guys, his his leaders, his, people that have earned it through seniority on the floor. And so, obviously, if a freshman is it has those types of minute type of minutes and is not putting up numbers, they're not going to stay on the court. But Coach Williams can rely on these guys, and I think he it would be going against his entire system and what he's known for to not you know give them. Okay, the so you're saying that when it comes crunch time. A month from today, we're going to be able to count on Kenny and Luke. Is that what you're saying? That's not what I'm saying because I don't know if we are because they put up different numbers. You can't – they're not very predictable, and that goes back to the inconsistency. They're seniors. They should be predictable. I agree. Their minutes are predictable, right? But we've got a freshman outperforming them both, and they're – That's my guy. That's my guy. spark is coming from Kobe White. Kobe. But May and – May is going to get the minutes because Coach Williams can depend on him. And in high-pressure situations, he wants reliable guys on the floor. He wants his seniors on the floor, and that's the system he plays. All right, let's uh, talk about one more player in USC before we jump over the Duke. Let's talk about this guy, Garrison Brooks. I personally thought Garrison played very well. Um, I think he's getting better. I think he's growing. Um, I think his understanding of the game is getting better. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I was impressed. You know, Garrison, he dropped, what, 
12 against UVA. I, I enjoyed his play. I just I want him to, to continue to, to look like that night after night. You know, I don't want the spark here and there. I think he has a lot of potential. And if we could just get some consistency, please. Consistency. I don't care who it comes from. That'd be great. All right, all right. The rotation needs, we were missing four rotating uh, rotations. Yeah, that, that's the thing. How much can we learn from this game yeah. when we're out key players mm-hmm. and we're just not shooting well? You don't learn a lot. So you can't look at this at face value and say, Oh, lost to Virginia. Duke beat them. Duke must beat us, too, and they must win the ACC. You can't even say that. And what? We lost by eight points, and then Kobe White hit a three with that wasn't even counted. So, really, it was a five-point deficit. If, if we, I mean, it wasn't counted, so it's still an eight-point deficit. But I'm just saying, we had it within five without some of our key guys and shooting poorly. I'm not worried. Well, I personally thought UVA would win the Duke game, <laughs> and then we would win the uh, – Carolina would win the uh, – the UVA game. But with UVA coming off a loss, I felt like they were going to be extra focused coming into Cameron. And um, I, and that made it even even better game. But I think UVA is one of the best teams in the country. Um, I think Carolina is a one through five team in the country. And I think Duke is a one through five team in the country. Last question on Garrison Brooks. Do you think he has enough, uh, Cambria, do you think he has enough size and power to get it done in the paint against Duke and Zion. See, the thing about Garrison that I've just noticed from watching him play is that he's also one of those more inconsistent players, and he's such a big guy. So it's kind of, it it sucks to see him not score as much, and this game was promising, especially against uh, Virginia. So maybe, but for now, it's hard to say for me. He's just been too inconsistent for me to to say anything. All right, so Cameron, you're on the hot seat now. We're going to talk about Duke. Um, And we're going to talk about this weekend, so I'm just going to let you kind of give us the rundown. Okay, so let's start with Virginia, okay? I'm pretty sure Duke found their stride with their three-point shooting, 60%. And it was 60%. 60%, which is very uncommon for this Duke team. They're not very good at shooting from the three. And Cam Reddish really stepped up his game. I'm very proud with his performance, not just from yesterday's game, but also from Virginia against a very good team. But it was kind of cool to see not – Zion, not R.J. Barrett, be the leaders on the team, but it was it was Cam Reddish and Trey Jones. It, they were the standout players from my from my opinion. Um, and then as for the Louisville game yesterday, you know they <laughs> three point shooting was gone. And um, I thought that was a for sure. Like, yeah, can we talk about that. I was getting so excited. Yeah, no, three point shooting was gone yesterday, and Duke just wasn't playing their game. They just they weren't Duke yesterday. But Cam hit a couple of big time shots. So. Yeah, towards the end. Okay. Towards the end of the game. Okay, so did Duke win that game or did Louisville lose that game? See, I think that Louisville wanted it. Duke was kind of giving it up. I think that Duke got a little cocky thinking that, hey, you know, we're we're doing well and we can beat this team. It's going to be an easy win. But there's uh, Louisville's ranked 16th in the country. They thought it was going to be an easy win, so they came in and they just thought, oh, we, since we shot well from the three-point line um, on Saturday, why not do it again this time? And Louisville had an idea of like you know closing off the lanes, making sure that no one can drive to the basket, and it forced Duke to sh- shoot threes, and they just couldn't hit them. Well, I personally thought Louisville lost that game. On their own, I didn't think it had much to do with what Duke did. I think it had everything to do with bad coaching. Um, the fact that the coach did not have any timeouts to uh, bring his guys together to say, "Hey, 
do this, do that. This is how you break the press. And I felt like Louisville imploded rather than Duke played well. I think I have to disagree. I think Louisville, towards the end, just kind of didn't know what to do with themselves. They really didn't. But I don't think that at any point they decide to give up this game. I don't. I, I, I would be stunned if they were like, okay, let's give up this game. We're up by 23 points. Why not just, you know, lose it? Lose the whole thing. But Duke... With that full-court press, I've never seen a full-court press that beautiful in my life. Or just in a long time. Was it, was it beautiful, or was uh, did Louisville not run the baseline? Can't you run the baseline? You can run the, the baseline. The guy stood there. Hey, but it doesn't mean that he, it doesn't mean that he purposefully was going to be like, oh, I'm going to stand here and then lose it to Trey Jones. No, no, he did not think. It wasn't, that press wasn't very good. A it was well-coached team. Press. What are you now, talking about? A well-toned what team breaks that press. Does Carolina break that press, Natalie? No, Sam, Here's what we're going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. Carolina breaks that press very easily. One, because Roy is going to have timeouts. Roy is notorious for not calling timeouts. He will have timeouts. He'll be able to pull his guys together. And he will say, run the baseline, find the opening, break the press. It's easy. But I'm going to disagree. Do you know what Coach K said to Duke? Yeah, I know exactly what he said. You like he said? Are you being? Are you, you like? Do, he, he says I do not coach losers. Yeah, he said yeah, that you guys, aren't, sure you guys are. You guys are He said you guys are not losers, but you're playing like losers, and I don't coach losers. And that right there is what he you says. Say, that is a verbatim quote from Zion Williamson. Because if I'm a if I'm a reporter there, I'm going to go up to coach and say, all right, well, what did you say to your team? So here's what Zion told a reporter that Coach K said. Ready for this? He said he don't coach losers, only coach winners. He said go out there, play hard, and co- and he can coach us to a win. And he did that. So, he did that well. And I'm going to have to give that two, to him. The 2-2 two, two press was super powerful. They forced 13 second-half turnovers, and they scored 18 transition points in the second half. In that nine minutes... That was the last ten minutes of the game, and they scored all of that. Twenty-three points. I, I'm going. I don't. I don't know how they gave up. Cambria, I saw the game. I okay. did too. I sat there and I, I thought it was entire- nice theatrics for television, but Ooh. it was beautiful for the Duke brand. But he will. That will not happen against a well-coached. Team by Roy Williams. The Roy Williams team will break that press. Wait, why are we disrespecting the Louisville coach? He coached uh, those guys for a full 30 minutes to get up 23 points. How was that bad coaching? I think it was horrific coaching. I think I think he ran out of timeouts. He could not get his guys together. But, but can we also can we also just say though that this Louisville team has now given both UNC and Duke a run for their money at two different points in the season. They didn't even give UNC a run for their money. They just thought it'll beat us once. I, I, I think it was I'm, poor, I'm pretty impressed. Poor They're coaching. Poor scrappy. coaching. I think. Louisville suffers from poor coaching. I thought they could have won that game last night. They already beat Duke. I mean, Carolina once. Um, and I don't think that Duke won that game. I think that Louisville lost that game. I think that they. Well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to disagree with the fact that they probably just kind of started giving up. But at the same time, Duke's defense was on fire last night. I don't know how anyone can deny that. That was great. The, the whole game. No, towards the end. So you they said- didn't do the full court press until the last ten minutes of the game. That full court full court press is what got them the game. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Do you think they can play the way they played and win an ACC uh, regular season championship the way they played that last game? You know what? They is had, that good enough? Like I said, they got cocky at that three point line, 
and if and obviously the teams are going to look into you know packing up that it, packing up the center and making sure no one can drive to the basket. So you know that's going to be tough. That's going to be really tough. But all they have to do is train from the three point line, get uh, Zion to practice more, getting around all the players that are in the in the center, and then. I think that they can win this whole thing. That was incredible. Okay, so let's talk about... Okay, so the last... I, I'm going to say one more thing. Yeah, sure. As my basketball coach from high school would say... High school. Well, let's hear your name. Let's high school. Name. Coach Toya Holiday. Hi, my Coach. Holiday Brothers. Mom. My coach. Offense gets you on the board, but defense wins games. Drop the mic. Drop the mic. She dropped the mic. I like that. That's why, that's why you're on this team, because, you know, you hold your ground, but... Um, I think Duke played pretty poorly for uh, most of that game. I thought the last 10 minutes, it looks good. Coach K says something, you know, uh, he doesn't coach losers. It's great for the Duke brand. I get it. But as a person who's just being critical, looking at that game, I thought Duke played poorly for three quarters of that game. And I felt like... uh, I felt like Zion getting into foul trouble is showing me another weakness. Did you see that weakness? What do you think about that? I mean, I just, I'm waiting to see. I'm I'm just, I'm waiting to see because I don't know exactly what I think about this Duke team yet because on different nights I see drastically different things from them. Different guys step up. I mean, when you're relying on star power like that, it, it, I mean, and people are going out with injuries here and there every game. I, I don't have a lot to say about Duke. I'm not super well-versed on the Duke team as much as maybe Cambria is. But when it comes time, I think if, if Duke locks down on defense like they did against Louisville and if they can play like that an entire game and shoot the lights out, then there's not a lot of teams in the country that I'm not going to – I'm, I'm going to say that they wouldn't be able to beat. Okay, so here's what I saw. I saw uh, – I do not think that the Achilles heel of Duke, the outside shooting, is solved. I think Cam Reddish has been better, but I think that is an issue. I feel like Duke did not box out um, all game long for three quarters of that game, and that's why Louisville went ahead. I felt like the basics, Duke did not do that. And perhaps Duke's big win against UVA, you know, Cambria, do you think that affected their play? Yeah, like I said before, they got really comfortable with their three-point shooting because UVA, what UVA did was they made sure that no one can drive to the basket because that is, that is a strength of this big team because they know they can't shoot three-pointers. But in that game, they knew, hey, we, we're having a hard time driving to the basket. Let's shoot some threes. They made them 60% from the field, and then they they brought that same mentality into the game yesterday, and they couldn't hit a three, and they were having a difficult time driving to the basket. So it was it was diff, it was very difficult to watch this team play for the first first 30 minutes going into the second half. But you know, the, again, that last 10 minutes was just so telling to what this team can do. 23 down 23, and they were able to win it by two. That says a lot about again. Louisville gave that game. Cambria says Duke won that game. What do you say, Natalie? I say that I can't wait for a week from today. A week from yeah. today. So she. So Natalie's talking about February twentieth when Duke and Carolina. Well, I'm talking. Uh, it's not February twentieth. It's the Duke UNC game day. Game day. That's not called February twentieth. Okay. That is what so. <laughs> you guys can see my energy, right? And I'm shooting arrows, and I'm gonna shoot another arrow in your direction, Cambria. This guy Trey Jones. Ooh. You know. Shall I get that little Valentine's reference? Shooting arrows. Yeah, yeah I'm shooting arrows. Yeah, All right, continue yeah. with mood. It. Hashtag mood. I'm in that. Oh I'm in that. God. I'm in that mood thing, right? But we're gonna talk about this guy Trey Jones. Uh, 
I don't think he can shoot from the perimeter. Is he overrated? Is he better than Kobe White? What does he do? I, how many assists do he get? Yeah, about 10 assists? I can get those assists. I and dribble up. I walk it out the court and give it to Zion. You, you are comparing yourself to a college basketball He does player. not shoot the rock. Button. Here's the thing. Go, let's go back. Let's go back to the NBA game. She's right. waving her pencil. Yes, yes. She's waving it. 13, it's hot here. 13 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. There is more to basketball than being the scorer on the team. If you have teammates on the floor that can score, you have Zion Williamson, you have RJ Barrett, and now you have Cam Reddick. Why does he need to shoot? He's going to be the playmaker. He's going to give the ball to them because he knows they're going to make their shots. He know, but the thing is, we saw a little bit the past four games. Past four games, he's been scoring well. He had 11 points against Boston College and St. John's, 13 points. But then you also consider, you know, he had seven assists against St. John's, three assists against Boston College, not as great. But St. John's, he also had seven rebounds, and then UVA, 13 points, seven assists, six rebounds. Okay. He didn't do very well yesterday shooting assists, not very well rebounds. He was okay, okay I, I, but but his defense is what makes him so important on this team. And Jake Billis will say, "Hey, he's not the best player on this floor, but he is the most important." Okay, player. I'm getting ready to chuck an axe. Okay, I'm gonna chuck it. Okay, is he better than Kobe White? Okay, is his defense good enough ooh, to check ooh, Kobe White? Ooh, that's okay, true. Here's, what, here's what's gonna happen. You are comparing two completely different point guards. But at the same time, they're both college point guards. Doesn't so matter. Are doesn't, two matter. Doesn't, figures. doesn't matter. I get what you're saying. They have two different playing styles. But Cambria, you, when you play two guys, when you compare two guys that play the same position, you can make a comparison. You can make a comparison. But here's the thing: you got two completely different teams. Duke is. They got three cons- pretty consistent shooters on their team. UNC, not so much. Kobe White is the scorer on that team, and we can agree on that. Trey Jones doesn't feel the same. What does league. he do? Trey Jones is the best defensive player on the floor. So is he going to check Kobe? Is he going to be able to I, play? You know what? I, I think he will. I will, I will what do you I'll think, send my take on that. I think he will. It's getting hot in here, guys. I mean, my problem with making these, like, making these just bold predictions about rivalry games is I just send, I stand by... I completely stand by the fact that you do not know what will happen in a rivalry game because we have so many freshmen on this floor who will have never been in an environment like in an environment like that in their life. Okay, maybe not so much March 9th, but for sure on February 20th, we will see who shines when the lights are on. They have not ever been in that atmosphere, ever. I don't care if they played at McDonald's on all this and AAU that. I don't care. You have not played at the biggest game in college basketball, maybe the biggest rivalry in college sports, maybe in sports. So how am I going to tell you what they're going to do? I have no idea. No one else knows either. And guess what? That's why everyone's going to watch it. Okay. So I need a prediction. How does Carolina finish up the season? Who do they beat? Okay. Cambria, does Duke win? Speechless. Speechless. We'll, okay. I mean, we'll see. Here's what I have to say to that. I can't tell you in February what the end of the season is going to look like because I ACC need to see season. them in crucial points. ACC season. I need, I need you to ask me that question after next Wednesday. Okay. Does Wednesday. Duke drop any games? Going down the stretch. I think the only game that Duke could drop is Carolina, but I'm going to think they're going to win the whole. They're going to. I think they're going to win the whole. And I think you're smart for saying it the way you said it because I agree. Either of these teams, even if they were, I mean, 
regardless of their wins and losses, even if you go into this game and you're trying to decide what's going to happen based on what's happened previously, it just simply doesn't matter because none of that is indicative of what's going to happen on Wednesday. Okay. Uh, okay, so who do you think wins the ACC regular season title? Carolina, Duke, or UVA? Who do I think has the best chance? <sighs> Go Heels. All right. And I think I just said it, Duke. I think I think if anything, it's not gonna be an easy win, but I think that Duke has the talent to win the whole thing. I personally think UVA is the best team in the conference. Uh just one factoid about UVA. UVA scored against both teams. No fast break point. Zero. Okay? And they're putting up numbers. They're slowing down the game. They're scoring all their game, all their points in the half court. So I think somehow that UVA will come out on top on the ACC regular season. I think they fold in the ACC tournament. And Carolina or Duke will win the tournament. Um, and that's my prediction. So let's move on to topic three. Uh, we're going to talk about star power at these games. I mean, these last couple of games have been full of celebrities. Let's just go through a couple of Grant Hill, John Grissom, Calvin Hill, Ray John Rajo, uh, Rich Paul, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Mitch Kupchak, George Lynch, Antoine Jameson, Bill Cunningham. In this last segment, we're going to talk about why is that happening? We've got like all these celebrities in the building, and I'm not talking B, C-list celebrities. We're talking LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Grant Hill. We're talking Mitch Kupchak. We're talking big, big-time celebrities. Are the programs competing for celebrities? What do you guys think? It's a bit of a reach. Yeah, I don't necessarily think so. I just think that the hype surrounding both of these programs is so big that it just draws people that are high profile. People just want to come and see for themselves. So So you think that the UNC PR department didn't see all those celebrities at the Duke-UVA game? You don't think they called their contingent of Michael Jordan, all those guys, to make a similar impact on national TV? But then you're just saying these guys aren't true fans to this UNC team and that they just came because someone called them up. I think they potentially... I, I don't know. I think that UNC potentially maybe put it out there that, hey, it's a big game with you in the building. It could build some, some momentum, uh, you know, make it a different atmosphere and, and encouraged it further. But I don't necessarily think that it's a, well, Duke has A, B, and C at their game, so we got we to gotta pull out all the strings and, and get these guys. I think that the selling point was probably this is a big game. If we have MJ in the building, you know, maybe that will change up the atmosphere. Okay, so I've been around this rivalry a long time, right? I made the movie on Duke Carolina. One thing I, I, I learned from this is that these two towns compete at everything. They compete in downtowns, Durham versus Chapel Hill. They compete in academics. The Blue Blood rivalry goes beyond basketball. It goes to football, basketball, soccer, academics. It go, they're competing on trying to do the same thing at these two uh, universities but in a different way. I personally believe that there's this competition for celebrities, and um, and I don't think it's happenstance. I don't believe it's happenstance that Michael Jordan showed up um, against UVA, and I think this thing is going to crescendo as we push all the way to February 20th, and then I think it's going to crescendo again on March 9th in the Dean Dome. Now let's talk about 
why this is happening. Do you think Zion's star power is driving this, or do you think the UNC brands are driving this, or do you think it's a combination of all of it? Well, I think it's it's really exciting because we haven't seen, I mean, UNC and Duke haven't played yet this year, and so we can't say, oh, all these celebrities were there, and why was it because? Because they haven't matched up yet. So if you're trying to say, when it happens, will it be because of Zion? Maybe. I personally think you're going to have big names at these games, no matter who you have on the floor. But I definitely can agree that Zion Williamson being on the court on March 9th and on February 20th could potentially be a driving force for some bigger names. And I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm really hoping that Drake shows up in a Duke jersey. <laughs> and, and you might wonder why I don't want just one Drake there, period, because I do. But I also think it's very important to mention that he's in a Duke jersey because if you don't know about the Drake curse, <laughs> then you, I could get, I'm going to just get like a little 10 seconds Drake. here, okay? When Drake wears jerseys and supports teams, they lose. This is the first instance of this happening was when he and Serena Williams had a moment, and they were they were photographed together um, out, and then she <laughs> lost a massive title with him in the crowd. So I want I want Drake in in the crowd either game I don't care which in a Duke jersey, and that's that's what, what, what do you think, Cambria? About the Drake? Drake curse. <laughs> what do you think about the celebrities? Oh, 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 oh. Ten years ago today, so far gone um, anniversary. All right, go oh, ahead, Gabriel. Awesome. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, well, you know what? I When I was thinking about this, Zion is definitely going to attract someone like LeBron James, considering how often people have been comparing LeBron to Zion. I think that he, you know. So you think he's going to be there? Um, that I don't know. Here's why I think that also LeBron went to this game. He, the Lakers were already on the East Coast, so I mean LeBron has the money. Why not go over see and see Duke play UVA? Convenient, yeah. And it wasn't just him; it was also Rajon, and it was also KCP. They were all there. LeBron James is not coming to the trial. Well, I hear, here's here's what I think. I saw. I've been around basketball long enough. When I've worked with the Lakers, I saw Wilt Chamberlain meet Shaquille O'Neal for the first time, and they were sizing each other each other up. Every time a big man was drafted in the NBA, when Shaquille was at the height, he'd go out there, go to the practice to see if the guy was like a real seven footer. I believe that LeBron saw what he saw on TV, but he wanted to witness it. He wanted to see what it was that Zion's bringing to the table. I'm telling you right now, LeBron James is not going to come to the triangle. No, he's not. Because it's just going to be far too much. It's like Cambria said. He's on on the West Coast, and it's kind of just like a hop, skip, and a jump for LeBron to go watch. Yeah, he'll show up. It looks convenient. Sorry. What about, what about money? It's been a very long time. What about money with Mayweather? Money with Mayweather... Okay, but that's, but that's different, okay? Because if Floyd Mayweather shows up to try to pitch to Zion to get him to join his brand, Money that's totally different because he's not going to be competing in the same league as him. So yeah. they're not on the same, they're not going to potentially ever be on the same level or playing field. Exactly. LeBron James' pride is not going to allow him to come to the triangle to watch a Duke UNC matchup. Unless and, he's on the East Coast. It will possible. Okay, okay, so Jay Z. Did a video wearing Michael Jordan's number 23. Jay-Z is the owner of Rock Nation. Money, Mayweather, Rock Nation, every sports 
entity, IMGCAA, uh, everybody's going to be, be there. Be. So, is Jay-Z going to like rip his UNC jersey on and put a Duke jersey on? What is he going to do? I have no idea what to expect from Jay-Z. I'm, I'm hoping J. Cole is there. Yeah, oh my goodness. That would be great. But he's going to wear, Jay Cole's going to wear his Carolina. So, I'm personally interested to see what Jay-Z does. He went public. He was a Carolina fan. Oh, that's so public. I mean, anyone's heard workout in the first, like, Couple lines. He shouts out Carolina. He's a total target. What about Tupac? Is Tupac going to make an appearance? Tupac <laughs> is not dead. <laughs> is this silhouette going to come in? You know, it, it, yeah, it'll be there. It's actually there now. Okay, okay. okay. it's waiting. Here's my prediction. My prediction is this game is going to be the biggest. Well, which one? February twentieth or March 9th? Come on, what are you talking about here? I think it depends on what happens. Okay, I think I think think the February 20th game is going to be a great game. If Carolina loses at Cameron, I think on March 9th, people are going to see if Carolina can win that game. Because Carolina is not going to sit back. Their celebrities, their fan base is going to roll for that game. But if Carolina goes into Cameron and wins that game, that March night game is going to be bigger than Super Bowl. And I think that this is going to be the two biggest brands in college basketball with a fertile mix of Zion Williamson. And I think you're going to have a ratings bonanza. If this is the fact, is Zion being compensated well enough with his scholarship to drive this many eyeballs. Obviously not. Zion generates so much money. I've said this before. I'll say it again. He is not getting anything really out of playing for Duke. Okay, you could say he is getting something out of it in the fact that, yeah, he can't go straight to the league. He has to be there for a year. He chose the right school to go to. But And, and Duke does, does push his brand, and, and it's a good place to be for him to be flashy and for him to be Zion. But obviously, he's generating so much revenue, and he's theoretically getting none of it. None of so it. So you can't even say, that's not even a question, because before you ask me the question, while you're thinking of the question, I'm going to tell you no. <laughs> before the words even come out of your mouth, it's a no. <laughs> because he's not, he knows he's not, ESPN knows he's not, Duke knows he's not, and everyone in the world knows he's not getting enough for all of the buzz that he's generating to college basketball, Duke basketball, anything Period. Cameron, what do you think about the ratings? You think this is going to be one of the biggest Duke Carolina games ever? Yes, I think I think it will be one of the biggest Duke Carolina games if Carolina wins because there's so much hype behind Duke. Oh, that's true. I there's so uh, much hype behind Duke. Everyone thinks this team is going to win the whole entire thing. So if Carolina can come in and get the win against the number one uh, team in the country, it's going to be a big. Deal. And it would make March 9th a lot more exciting too. <laughs> Listen, I can't wait. Um, I think that's the show. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait to February 20th. I can't wait to Carolina Day on March 9th. I can't wait to the ACC tournament. This is the time. This is the sweet time. This is the time for basketball and Tobacco Road. Uh, team, we had a great show. Uh, it was great talking about these two great teams. And we out. Show number five. Done.
Join us on March 9th for the Blue Blood Robbery 5K Road Race. The Blue Blood Robbery 5K Road Race will be run in Meadowmont Village in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. You can sign up and support the Special Olympics at BlueBloodRivalryRun.com. I'm going to say it again. BlueBloodRivalryRun.com. Join us March 9th.